again for joining us at our ADHD chat. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about handling natural disasters, tragedies in the community, and tragedies at home. Today's a little bit of a somber mood, um, being that we live in Las Vegas, we are the morning after waking up to such the awful tragedy that happened at the Harvest Manny Warren Festival. And I felt really compelled to talk about this story and kind of what's been going on in everyone's lives. These natural disasters, the hurricanes, the tornadoes, the earthquakes. You know, our family was just affected by the earthquakes in the city just a few weeks ago. And how can we help each other, which helps ourselves in the end? Really, the lack of love and understanding, acceptance and belonging are often the root cause of acts of violence and hate. You know, we, we just saw that hate uh, spread out through many bullets uh, here just a few nights ago. We see it when the cars crash into people. We see shootings in elementary schools and movie theaters and bombings and the same power itself. To go back to those roots, it is a lack of love, understanding, acceptance, and belonging. So what does that mean, mean for us and for our kids? When I woke Benjamin up yesterday morning, I kind of had that same feeling as I'm sure uh, my mom did when she woke me up on 9-11. I kind of didn't know how to start the conversation. Uh, my first reaction when uh, I was told something bad happened on 9-11 was, are my grandparents okay? So I first started off that conversation with Benjamin. I said, everyone in our family is safe. No one is hurt, but I have to tell you about something really bad that just happened. So I proceeded to tell the story in a manner that he could understand. I did not use verbiage that was over his head, I didn't talk in a graphic manner, and I certainly did not have him watch the news. And his first response um, was a bit unsettling. His first response was, I love machine guns. You know, he is someone that doesn't socially understand a lot of things that may come natural to others. Uh, I don't think consequences outside of the media he really understands. So how can we convey that to these children? Um, you know, we sat down with him and we said, why do you love machine guns? His immediate response was, they do good in Star Wars, and he particularly likes his channel on YouTube that talks about mindfasting, that it relates to them. You know, so when we look at him, he's a little bit immature in terms of uh, social skills and so on, but overly intellectual. So how do you meet that divide? Um, I, I explained to him in somewhat of a literal way that guns kill people. And it would be awful if I never got to see him again. It would be awful if he never got to see me again. You know, did he understand that? I'm not really sure. He kind of went throughout the day um, when he went to school yesterday, watching the news, just seeing, you know, talks in Puerto Rico, the families up in Puebla, Mexico, um, 
local people here can't find their loved ones, um, identifying the victims. And kind of the overlying um, scary part of this entire tragedy is really not knowing the motive for this attack. Is it mental illness? Is it a hate group? Is it political? really don't know. That's kind of what is also scary about the situation. So we noticed that our local Taekwondo studio that we go to um, is accepting donations on behalf of the families for the volunteers and the first responders. So I thought that was a good way for us to contribute. At first, I was just going to donate um, well, the water and so on that we purchased to the school. I'm definitely that at school. And my sister said, he needs to be a part of this. He needs to understand why you're donating and who you're donating to. So after school, we went, we went and we dropped off the water um, that will be delivered today to um, various various places, including Web Bank and um, kind of like an emergency service area where they are um, there for family that can't find their loved ones. So I explained to him about four times the reason we were donating and who we were donating to. I still don't think he understands. Um, I still have to work with him and talk to him. We're going to talk about it again this evening, what we can do. I've, I've already talked to him about how we're going to donate blood. Um, but the line, the line is very long and they're not accepting appointments um, for a few more days. So we will be doing that this week. Um, and I explained to him the importance of doing these things. So how can we do more? You know, before this tragedy locally, um, and I'm sure, you know, with everyone, um, when things happen to you locally, you're, you're more affected by it. Um, you know, it happens in your community, it happens to people you know, friends of people that you know. Uh, you're more prone to be proactive. To kind of reflect it on ourselves, um, what have we been doing to help others? What have we been doing about talking about natural disasters and hate crimes and the loss of a loved one in our own home? And we haven't been doing anything because I think in our daily life we struggle so much with um, behavioral problems and bullying and school and medication and just being so overwhelmed with life. Uh, we forget to take a step back and look beyond ourselves. So something I just learned from uh, a, a massage therapist I work with, uh, Nathan Long, Kelly Tapsar, she talks about in times of higher stress, you need a higher amount of self-care. I know that's something I struggle with, um, is taking care of myself and looking at what my non-negotiable time is. So I think the biggest takeaway from going through this experience personally is realizing what we need to work on. Stemming from today's episode, we are going to be talking about volunteering with your special needs child, um, what that looks like, where you should be volunteering, and how that can benefit your child, yourself. You are the ones that you're helping out. Um, kind of you know, we all look at our own lives and say, man, we're going through something 
really tough. I have nothing left to get. And then, and then you're, you're always proven wrong. There's always someone who's going through something a little tougher than yourself. Focusing on your non-negotiables. So I recently just attended a women's retreat where I, I attended a retreat. And I also spoke about um, your presence. Uh, what personal branding means to you and how others uh, use it as well. Um, but what I took away from that was really what are your non-negotiables. Your non-negotiables are not necessarily your family or your loved ones or anyone that you're responsible for, a parent, a pet, your job. Your non-negotiables are yourself. So going back to that self-care. So we'll be diving into what self-care means a little bit more. We're talking about tolerance, um, compassion, and empathy. Because when life gets dark, other than painful, we're really without love. Love it kind of encompasses all of those things: respect, compassion, empathy, tolerance. So we'll be diving into that. I think with tolerance, you can also think about bullying. And you know, are you the one that's bullying, or are you the one that's receiving? And how do you kind of handle that situation? So we'll wrap up this conversation and talk about the number one thing that can really save our lives in many situations, and that's by being prepared. This is something that I need to get better at as well. Um, after living in a city for most of my life, um, I found that you kind of don't need to be prepared. Uh, you can always get gas, you can always go to groceries, um, there's always a street light on, never in the dark. Um, and since moving to Las Vegas, I quickly realized it just dark out there. Um, there's a few short miles outside of Las Vegas is the desert, and you're in the middle of nowhere. They were in life-threatening temperatures. Um, you know, we lived through villages in Chicago, but it was really no big deal because we could walk to the grocery store and get food and water. Um, so we were never prepared. So by looking at these natural disasters and these tragedies, I have really started to develop um, a way to become prepared in our family. So we become prepared by talking about uh, a plan. You know, when you're in doubt, leave quickly. You grab your children and you get out of it. Whether that's you flee your town when you know a hurricane's coming, or if you're in a situation where you, you might be afraid of someone. You know, you also need to make sure your children listen to you. We have that issue at home. Benjamin does not listen to us. And it's really frustrating. So that's something we're working on with his behavior. But in a time of seriousness, he listens. He holds my hand in the parking lot. He knows to buckle up right away when we get in the car. That's what I mean when you make sure your children listen to you. It's really important in those situations that you have their 100% attention. Having a coper, what a great way, a fun way to communicate. So it could be a, a code word when you use the bathroom. It could be a code word when they're feeling anxiety or they're uncomfortable, or it can be as serious as when you feel in danger or there's an emergency going on, you throw out that word and you need to tell them that you need to get out of there or you need to take certain action. Uh, and it's practicing handling all your children at once. Uh, we only have one child, that's enough for us. But I know so many people with uh, babies and toddlers and 
children that are not even in school, they have two, three, and four, um, you know, how can you handle all your children at once with one adult? That, that seems really scary to me, and um, I can't imagine having two children, let alone three or four. Getting very familiar with your equipment. So something I learned um, about an iPhone, uh, when you're out of range of service, uh, you can put um, your GPS on your phone, and then when you go out of service, it will hold the, your location. So if you're hiking and you're in the mountains where there's no service and you're in the event of an emergency and someone can't find you, they can actually, uh, through your service, find where you are at on your GPS if you have that app open um, when you are hiking. The last tip that I have is to get off your phone. Engage in your surroundings. Uh, be present in the moment. Uh, there was a toddler that was just hit at a baseball game in New York. And I really don't know the full story, but a lot of people were uh, claiming that the dad was on a cell phone not watching his child during the game. You know, I think that's a bit crazy that you could be blaming him for his lack of parenting in that moment. Uh, that is just an example I'm using. Um, we see so many parents on their phones, the playgrounds, and so on. Everyone's guilty of it. It's just how much are you doing that, right? That dad could have been on his phone for two seconds posting a picture to Facebook of him and his daughter having a lot of fun at the game. But if you notice yourself on your phone a lot when you're out in the grocery store or um, taking a walk, maybe just put that phone down, being, being aware of your surroundings. Um, once again, I live in the city. Um, you know, I saw pickpocketers. I was almost robbed. Um, so many situations happening, I become very aware of my surroundings, and um, I often am not on my phone in, in those environments. I just want to thank you for taking the time with me. Today was a little bit of a somber moment. Um, however, I can really reflect on what we need to work on, what we're doing right, how do we talk to our children during times of disaster and tragedy and the importance of including them in those conversations. I noticed that I was just avoiding talking to Benjamin. He doesn't understand. He won't get it. So really, that's just setting him up for failure. So I have to work through those things and teach him and engage with him and show him the importance of loving him.